You're listening to The Journey Podcast. Are you looking for new ways to support your mental health? Join us today as we delve into the role of spirituality in promoting well-being. Some listeners may be triggered by this content and listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Petra Brunbauer, and with decades of experience with sadness, pain, anxiety, and stress, I finally figured out how to leave all that behind. And this podcast shows you how to break free permanently so you can reclaim your sanity and find the self-esteem and energy to go after the life you desire. With real talk about mental health, holistic healing, and the tough journey of coming out the other end, this is The Journey Podcast. Welcome to today's episode. Today marks the last day of Mental Health Week in Canada, and this is a special bonus episode. Mental health challenges are a common experience that can be difficult to navigate. In this episode, our guest shares her personal mental health journey and how she has used her spiritual gifts to help her along the way. Through her own experience, she offers insights into the challenges of recognizing and addressing mental health issues and the importance of finding support. Tune in to learn more about mental health challenges and how spiritual gifts can be a source of strength and resilience in the journey towards healing and recovery. Whether you're dealing with mental health challenges yourself or simply seeking to deepen your understanding of personal growth and transformation, this episode offers a unique perspective on the power of spirituality in the journey towards greater mental and emotional well-being. A recent graduate from the corporate world of solopreneurship, Ashley Savotny is an intuitive empath, a Reiki energy healing goddess, transformational life and business coach, an instigator of joy, and a satisfaction enabler. When she's not doing her thing as a healer and guide, she can probably be found at home with her two fur children, Midnight and Athena, or out and about experiencing all that life has to offer. Let's meet Ashley Savotny. Hi, Ashley. It's so great to have you on the podcast. I've been looking forward to getting to chat with you because we will be exploring mental wellness and spirituality today. Such a profound topic for holistic healing and well-being. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Petra. I'm super excited to be here with you today. Yeah, me too. And for starters, do you want to share a little bit about yourself and your story? Yeah, absolutely. So, hey guys, my name's Ashley. I am over here in the cute state of Texas. So, I have been doing my thing now on this earth for around 37 years. I always like to say that I am reaching new levels of experience. I'm not getting older, so I'm at the 37th level of experience these days. I wasn't always where I am today. I struggled with mental health a lot growing up just due to a series of events from a parental divorce when I was young, my dad getting remarried. So that also threw in some new experiences that just kind of kept pushing me down. What I eventually got diagnosed with was depression, but it took until the age of 35 for me to actually be clinically diagnosed with what was going on with me. And all of that was coupled with struggles with spirituality, not resonating with the religion that I grew up in, but knowing that something was bigger and deeper and out there. So all of it kind of 
morphed into what I do now because I want to help people who are through going through their own struggles with mental health, but also having those questions about spirituality. So in a nugget, that's a little bit about me and my journey in 30 seconds or less. Thank you so much for sharing that. And having talked with you before, also, I know that you had some very profound experiences in your mental health journey. Do you want to share some of what you went through and how that affected you? Yeah, definitely. So most of my stuff came through, as I referenced earlier, my parents' divorce when I was young. That really left me with a really profound sense of not belonging, not being enough, and constantly like living over day in and day out. What could I have done differently to let dad be at home or keep dad at home to where he didn't leave? And I always took it on as he left me. And that just really spiraled for a really, really long time. I always wondered if I had anxiety because of my depression or if I had depression because of my anxiety. And really, it ended up being I had anxiety because of my depression. My most profound, wonderful event with mental health, though, actually came a couple of years ago. I do like to say this was kind of my guides giving me a spiritual slap upside of my head. But I actually had, and I had suffered from panic attacks for a little while in my life, but they had never been as severe as they were back on this day. It was, I think, April 20 of 21. And I ended up actually having to call an ambulance and take me to the ER because I had nobody there to help me through it. I felt like I couldn't breathe. I felt like I remember having that moment in time of, well, I guess this is how it ends. And something inside of me just kind of told me, hey, you need to call an ambulance. You need to go to the hospital now. And I remember as they were wheeling me into the ER, like, okay, well, this is the psychotic break that you needed, that you've been putting off for years and years because you think that you can handle it better. And obviously you can't because you're strolling on into the ER now. But then the exact moment after that, my brain also said, well, you can't really afford the mental breakdown now either because you have to go to work tomorrow. So let's get it together, Ashley, and do that. So that was a really significant event in my time because I remember that exact train of thought that I was having as I was like literally having a panic attack. I remember my heartbeat was over 120, 140, like I felt like I wasn't breathing enough. And they said, you're hyperventilating because you're breathing too much. So it was really interesting. And that was my wake up call because I was not taking care of myself. I was putting others, which was my job at the time where I was a manager. So I was putting my team in front of the needs of my own mental health. And as I looked back and on the last like couple of years preceding that, I had gotten stuck inside of another depression cycle where I was going to work, going home. I wasn't cleaning. I was just, you know, eating, watching TV. Like I really didn't have anything because I wasn't allowing myself to have it because I didn't think that I deserved it. So that was really my wake up point that got me to here today because I realized that I did in fact have a problem. And that was the first time that I chose myself. And I said, you know what, I am going to allow myself to feel this out and to really explore it. So I ended taking the next six weeks off, which was the first time I had ever done that in my entire career. And 
I allowed in the thoughts that I needed to heal. I started seeing a therapist for the first time because up until that point, I said, oh, I got this. I don't need a therapist. I don't need somebody to help me. But I was sorely mistaken on that because what I realized is sometimes you need that unbiased third party that is going to be like, okay, I hear you, but and kind of call you out on your own BS sometimes because sometimes we need that person to break us up in our own wheelhouse, so to speak. So yeah, that's been my journey and my most significant event that was just crazy, but also exactly what I needed. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I really appreciate your courage and coming forward and talking about what that looked and felt like for you. Yeah, absolutely. If anybody can ever like learn something from any of my experiences, that's what I love to do and love to share with because I even like up until that panic attack, I was in denial that I was even in depression. I thought I was fine. I was like, well, you know, I've got this going for me and, and you know, I've got a good job. I've got a house. I was in complete denial and maybe and that's why I needed that panic attack. That's why I needed that moment in time because I needed help, but I wasn't helping myself. So that's why I love to share my story. Yeah. And we talk a lot about having to do the work. And I'll put that in quotations when we talk about mental health. And you mentioned a little bit about taking time off and then seeing a therapist. So what did doing the work actually look like for you? Yeah. So the work for me it was a lot of journaling. So she helped me out with some journaling exercises that just got me recentered with my authentic self. And I had done authentic self work up until that point because I'm like, oh, I love to live myself authentically, yada, yada, yada. I was living authentically surface level. I actually wasn't allowing myself to go deeper within. And that's what the work with her really started to look like was, was going deep within. She also made me realize that some of my physical habits were in response to my depression. And so not forcing me, but for lack of better words, forcing me to get up and clean and create a better cleaning habit, create a better eating habit too. So it wasn't just mental work that we were doing, but we were doing physical work as well. And at that same time too, I, for the first time, even though I had been aware of Reiki for a few years, I sought out a Reiki therapist and started getting my own energetic healing because I knew within that I was out of balance, not just mentally and physically, but also energetically and in my spirit. So I was seeking the help on both doing kind of concurrent work with a Reiki therapist as well as an actual licensed therapist. And I feel that that was the combination that was able to get me out. I also, at the time, because she recognized just the deep, my therapist, my licensed therapist, I was prescribed some medication at the time to get me out of my funk. And what I appreciated about my therapist at the time as well was she didn't make it be like a stigmata, like, oh, you're going to have to be on this the rest of your life. Like, this is a problem that you're just never going to be able to fix. She said, sometimes we just need a little bit of help. Sometimes that is also in the form of medicine. Modern medicine is a great thing sometimes. And we're going to get you on this just to get like your dopamine back in balance. So I ended up getting put on Prozac to be specific. And I took it for about a month, two months, just enough to get my head back above water 
And then I felt like I no longer needed it. But I remember being afraid of it in the beginning because I didn't want to be seen as someone who needed a pill to be happy, basically. And she really put that fear to rest for me. You know, it's okay to need a little help every now and then. And that's kind of was my way of pulling out of it. And also she helped me recognize some of my tells of when I would be going into a depression cycle because I still suffer from depression to this day. Like it's with me because it's always a different layer that you're uncovering and going down and figuring out and healing. But I'm better able to recognize my cycles now because of the work we did. And I'm able to, instead of going down into the rabbit hole, so to speak, I'm able to get myself back out of it while healing in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. A lot of the work that you have done and the gifts that it has brought also in your life have helped you change some things. Amazing. Great work. And you had some telltale signs before you had that massive panic attack. And you mentioned your physical habits, your cleaning habits, things like that, which kind of started showing a little bit of what was happening. But what would you say, how would someone know that there's something that they need to address in their mental health journey? Is there anything else that you notice, anything that someone else might notice? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, and I recognize these in others too, so I know that these are pretty significant signs. I'm a high-functioning mental health person because from the outside looking in, you wouldn't have recognized it. So I was still going to work. I was still putting on a happy face. I was still smiling. But the first telltale sign for me was I kind of started pulling back from some of my relationships. So I wasn't going out after work as much. I started to shrink my group of friends I also realized I didn't have some healthy friends at the time too. So I was letting some of them go. But instead of going out and finding new friends, I just kind of kept shrinking in, shrinking in, shrinking in. I also, for me, didn't clean as far as like I would let the dishes sit for a long time. I would let the laundry sit for a long time. I would just have unpacked boxes around the house because I literally didn't have the energy to do it. Not that I like living in an unclean environment. I didn't have the mental bandwidth and I didn't have the physical energy because I was also being zapped energetically from my depression. It was the energy piece of it where all I wanted to do once I got home was because I would pick up dinner on the way home. So I was eating out like it was just fast food because I didn't even have the energy to cook, even though I love cooking. Cooking is one of my creative outlets. So that was another telltale sign is I stopped doing my creative outlets. I stopped painting. I stopped going outside. My poor lawn would go weeks on end without getting mowed, much probably to the chagrin of my neighbors. Because all I wanted to do was sit on the couch and watch TV because that's all I could do. And that's okay for a little while. It's okay to do that, but it's not okay when it starts to get to the degree that I was at. And other things that I look back on now where I start to see my cycles go, besides the holding myself up in my house, not going out, declining invitations, like, no, I don't feel like doing this, is I get stuck on a thought in the past. I kind of like put it on replay, like the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, but it's like shoulda, coulda, wouldas, 
and it like just keeps repeating and repeating. So almost obsessive thoughts. That was also one of mine. And I blamed my job as the reason why I was not wanting to go out, not having the energy. I blamed my job because I worked in a very fast paced, high stress environment. But really, that was just the excuse of what was deeper going on inside of me. Yeah, that's some great insight. Thank you so much for sharing that. And let's turn a little bit to spirituality and how have your spiritual gifts helped you in your healing journey? Oh, wow. Yeah, a lot. Once I finally accepted them. So I am an intuitive empath. First and foremost, I've recognized that I was an empath since my early 20s because I was like, what the heck is going on? Why am I feeling other people's emotions? I'm angry all of a sudden. Why am I angry? Because nothing happened to me to be angry. And for a long time, I feel that I denied that part of myself. And that was probably a source of my depression as well, is I was living out of congruency with my spiritual side too, because I wasn't using my gifts, even for myself, recognizing, hey, you're taking on that person's feelings right now, not your own. And I know that I was a healer, but I wasn't even healing myself. So this journey has been about embracing who I am, embracing my power. And as I have gotten out of my depression cycle, as I got past that panic attack and really stepped into who I am, I'm finding even more nuances of what I get to do. And what has been revealed to me here lately is not only am I an intuitive empath, but I'm actually... What I'm really starting to feel is my clairvoyancy is coming up and being very, very fun here lately, as well as my claircognizant, just that inner knowing. And that is what also helped me get out of where I was. And one of the reasons why I actually stopped taking the Prozac too was because while I was on Prozac, I wasn't able to meditate. And I knew meditation was going to be one of the things that got me into my healer abilities. So once I felt that I had gotten into a good place with my therapy, with what I was doing, that's when I discontinued the Prozac because I let the meditation and the journaling and my abilities take over and also the Reiki to take over from there. So it's been an interesting journey. I'm now a Reiki therapist myself. So I use that too, to help not only others, but myself. And I'm doing some regression work now too, as far as like hypnosis, that's been helping too, of understanding that sometimes our depression is from a spiritual sense is actually not from this life, but can be from a past life sometimes, or from somebody else that you took on as your own. It's an interesting really thing. And just understanding that from the spiritual sense helps me understand not only what I'm going through, but what others are going through as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. And how do you integrate the spiritual approach into working with your clients? Well, they don't call me the spiritual mama for nothing. So my spiritual approach with working with my clients, because all of my clients come to me, and it's typically kind of where I was, or right after they have hit their spiritual awakening, like, oh, okay, so I am this healer and insert their healing ability here because there are so many different people out there who are healers in different forms or fashions. And I really help them navigate that shadow work that I was doing. So my depression was part of my shadow work journey. 
And that's what I do to integrate into them, into the work that I do with them. And I help them feel less crazy because I remember back before and back before I really accepted things and whatnot. I'm like, am I really seeing this? Am I really feeling this? Am I crazy? Like what the heck is going on? And I help them realize that they are being who they are and that they aren't crazy. They're just a healer, that they are doing the work because all healers have their journey. No healer that I have met these days had an easy upbringing, an easy childhood or an easy life up until this point, because what I find is healers are going to heal the people who have similar journeys but they have to heal themselves before they can go heal others. So I incorporate all of that into the work that I do with others. Mm -hmm. That sounds so interesting. And do you want to go over some of the programs and services that you offer in a little bit more detail so listeners can get a feel for how they could maybe work with you or connect with you if they're looking to work with someone on their healing journey? Yeah, absolutely. So the fine folks that I work with, right now I do work with people exclusively one-on-one because I do have a day job. So I have a shorter time block than I work with people. So I do work exclusively one-on-one because I also find that that is the best way to work with people in this shadow work journey. So it is a one-on-one. I um, usually say, hey, you got to work with me for at least three months minimum of three months, but you can work with me as long as you want, because it's really about diving into, and that's what I help people with, of their traumas, how it has been showing up into their life, and how it's been impeding their healer abilities. So they come and work with me. We work with sessions, doing the Reiki healing. I always make sure we get everybody into chakra balances first, And then most of what we do is a lot of talk work, but talking through exactly what they're experiencing, talking through what they saw, how something happened. And then sometimes I most recently had a client who had an attachment to a something, a something, something that went bump in the night. So we removed that too. So there are a lot of different things that can happen while you come work with me. At the end of the day, it's about understanding and diving into what kind of healer you are, what is your purpose here, and reconnecting you with that through whatever means we have to do that. That's why I offer Reiki. That's why I have regression work. That's why I teach meditation as well, among other things. And it's an amazing process. I don't have a program necessarily because each person is unique. And I like to meet people where they're at and help them from there instead of saying, hey, you come meet me where I'm at, and then we'll get you from there. I like to meet people where they're at. Mm -hmm. I love how individual that is. And I think that's very helpful when someone is trying to figure out what's going on with them for sure. Now, do people have to come see you in person? Or can you work with them online as well? Yes, they can come see me in person over here if they happen to live in the area that I am. But I do work predominantly online because I realize that there are so many people that need healing and the work that I do across the globe. So I've gotten so comfortable over Zoom. I mean, that's maybe the one good thing that came out of COVID because before COVID, I hated being on video calls and conference calls and all of that stuff. But now it's like I'd rather be on a video call than in person almost sometimes. And yeah, so I have different ways to contact me. 
People can text me, they can DM me, they can find me on Facebook. I'm working on getting a YouTube and a TikTok channel up just to share kind of like some of the wits and whims from the spiritual mama. So yeah, so it doesn't matter if they're over there across the pond in Europe or if they're over here in the States or somewhere else. I will work with folks, again, wherever they are, that includes location. Perfect. And I'm curious, do you personally think that working online is just as effective as if they were there with you in person? I know I get that question sometimes about energy work. What do you think about that? Oh, absolutely. No, energy is energy is energy. And if you need a scientific reason as to why it works, you know, that's when I love all of the great work that quantum mechanics and quantum physics has been bringing up and coming up because it shows that your voice can affect a molecule in a sun on the other side of the universe because energetically we are all just here. So that was one of my own questions I had from, I was like, really, can Reiki really happen? Like, can I go heal somebody across the world? Absolutely. I've seen it so many times. I've done it so many times. And it's just about opening the right portal and everything is light. Energy is light. So as long as you are surrounded by light and energy, then the energy can find you. Mm -hmm. Perfect. So for anyone still wondering if they should go for that, there definitely is no physical barrier to working in your healing journey with Ashley. So yeah. And we will be linking to all of Ashley's offerings in the show notes as well. So be sure to check there on how you can get in touch with her. And this has been another incredible episode. And I hope our listeners have enjoyed the journey into mental health and spirituality as much as I have. It has been a pleasure chatting with you today on the podcast, Ashley. Thank you so much for your time today. Yes, thank you so much, everyone. And I look forward to meeting anyone if I resonated with them and seeing how I can help you guys out. And thank you so much for the opportunity, Petra, and your time. I am grateful for you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And take care, Ashley. All right. Have a good one. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen in. If you enjoy the Journey podcast, please subscribe, share on social media, and leave us a five-star review. You can find more of the Journey on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and the Journey blog. Sending you love and courage and see you next week.